Yo. Yo, yo. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. It has been another week. Yeah. It's been... Uh, How are you doing? It's been a crazy week for me. Oh, really? Insanity. Yeah. I had to get on an airplane. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why? So I had to go to the... I had to renovate... I had to renew my Swedish passport. And oh. the oh oh yeah for whatever reason the only places where you can do it um there's only two embassies in the United States one's in D.C. Washington D.C. and the other one's in New York so I had to go and uh, get the picture stuff which was I don't know I don't know it was I don't know I guess I'm fine though I'm fine I feel good I feel fine it's fine it should That's be fine <laughs> I should fine. I shouldn't worry about it I wouldn't worry about it I'm okay. But it was uh it was nerve wracking to 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 go through that. I mean, there's nothing. I don't know, man. <laughs> I did freak out. Yeah, though. I can imagine. <laughs> I did freak out when I... I was, when I had to go because I I didn't want to. I didn't know how it was. I've heard like horror stories about dumb people. I'm, I didn't know if dumb people were gonna be at uh, the airport or not. But surprisingly, they weren't. But there was definitely a spectrum of people who like didn't care. Versus people that like really, really cared. I was somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But uh, at least every, at least everyone in the spectrum was wearing a mask, and there was no issues about that. But it was uh, so like the worst one I saw was like there was a mom that had the mask on. The kids didn't have mask on. The uh, the but the, one of them was probably I would say somewhere around like between three to four years old, and the other one looked like a newborn. And she was just chilling, sitting on the floor, and the and the four year old was laying on the floor just like crawling around the floor and like touching the floor and and just like chilling there so and she was by like a garbage can stuff she mm -hmm. didn't care but then there was also people who had like the n95 masks and then another mask on top of that and then plus like the face shield and then oh yeah and then like uh and, and then like latex gloves hand sanitizing the hate and take gloves like every once in a while But uh, yeah, and I yeah. unfortunately flew on one of the worst airlines, which I thought was good, but it wasn't. They weren't even skipping seats. There's only three airlines right now that are not skipping seats. One is United uh, Airlines, which like everyone in the world has heard horrible things about because this is the airline that you always see like passengers flipping out and like and and like staff members being nasty and stuff like that, you know? The other one is Spirit, which is like known, really known for being scammers because their prices are like $49 for flights. But then like if you want to use a handbag is like $40 more. If you want to check in another bag is like $100. If you want food is like $40 or something like that. Like it just, it's like little things. It just, it looks like a, a, a really crappy EA game uh, in real life. <laughs> <laughs> you need to buy everything. <laughs> and the other one is is American Airlines, which they lifted the thing. So they're maxing out the airplanes. So, but I made it back. I'm safe. It's good. It's good. We're fine. We're good. Cool. How's your week? At least. Yeah. Yeah, we was pretty good. I would say first week back in the office after a two-week vacation uh, required a little bit of adjustment. Lots of things have happened while I was gone. So I spent a lot of time like catching up and coordinating with the team and these kind of things. But 
Nice. Uh, I actually had Friday off to visit a small uh, wedding celebration, which was a very nice kind of break because I think it's the first time I actually hung out with a few people since the beginning of the year, essentially. Wow. And it was like really nice in a garden with like few close friends and family and it was very nice um it's very nice to kind of see a few people and then there was enough space to kind of keep distance and Probably it was actually warm. really nice to socialize yeah yeah, lo- yeah a little bit <laughs> um there was also a lot of like hand sanitizer everywhere and ah, these okay. kind of things that reminded you that yeah. something was still like a little bit weird and it was very kind of it was a very weird feeling to arrive and not know whether or not you can like hug the bride and groom and how you should greet them and especially like i've kind of managed at work or in work situations to not shake hands and these kind of things but in this situation was really weird because you're like so happy for them and you just want to express that somehow but then you're just awkwardly standing like a meter uh 50 apart and that just yeah i there's no nice solution to handle this like that sucks this was a little bit of a shame Yeah. yeah but it was still really nice to see them and um yeah, first time for me this year, I think that I saw actually like a few friends at once and uh, it was a nice, nice um, break. Yeah, and then other than that, I've been like diving deep into kind of our project and thinking about like trying to shape the next three weeks a little bit and like coming up with good bets that we want to work on. Yeah. And I want to say I failed miserably since I didn't actually write anything up or... I have a few ideas that we need to kind of discuss more in depth, I think, and probably not necessarily on air. Yeah. But yeah, that has been super interesting. And uh, I have to say, I love the Rust, like Rust community in general. But then, especially like in the game development scene, there's like apparently like a ultra fast growing uh, niche. And it's just so nice to kind of hear interviews with the people and read the blog posts and like connect on discord and these kind of things. So super excited to kind of dive deeper into this and like on a very high level, because I think this is a good transition into kind of a few discussions that we've had this week Mm -hmm. Um, on a very high level. I've been torn a little bit between focusing very much on like feature development and quotation marks and like trying to continue with our prototype or like start building out the actual game versus setting up kind of the let's say like the community around the project and like mm-hmm. building like a website and maybe starting a blog and investing in like these tools that can help us yeah kind of market a game market a community and like try to build up um yeah try to build up a community around the game yeah and i think this yeah we started having like some discussions around this so we did i think this could be interesting to talk about and before i kind of go deeper i kind of want to hear your questions or concerns around this so i don't know it's kind of uh it's i don't know my initial thoughts were were uh were a little bit conflicting because I do see, so we definitely, like you said, we had discussions about this 
and uh, to me specifically was the the the, the monetizing factor uh, of it because I do think that it's something important to think about, especially with such a complex project like this. I wouldn't want it to. It's tricky. Darn it. I don't know. So it's tricky because yeah. on the one hand, it's very complex and it's going to take us a while to do it. And it's going to take a lot of effort and it's probably going to take a lot of days where we don't want to, but we will do it. And uh, although I like those. Yeah. And and I mean, like, of, of course, those, those aren't going to be that fun. And maybe maybe we we just get su- maybe right. We get sucked in so much that sometimes we even like just go the extra mile on trying to to get something done and just trying to get it to then give it away for free you know like that that's like one okay. of my conflicts but uh where before you yeah. say anything so then on the other hand like um yeah we we don't know like we're we're like we've never made a game before like there like nobody nobody has ever played any of our games before you know because there's none <laughs> so that's yeah. that's also <laughs> That's also sad, but true. Yeah. So I, I, I don't want to do it open source, you know, but what, what are your thoughts yeah. about it? Because you, you're, you're Quite more strongly the for it. contrary, I think. So it, it is really interesting. I think it's a, I find it interesting that we managed to get this far into it without ever having like a deep discussion about this because yeah. To me, building this in public is actually one of the things that gets me most excited about this, I think. Mm-hmm. More so than any other aspect of this project, I think thinking about building this as a community project is the thing that gets me most excited. The There are a few reasons why I immediately starting to think about open source for this. The first is that, and this is what I kind of um, wrote to you in one of the (laughs) WhatsApp messages that we sent back and forth. I think one is just that we have no track record in game development and we have no kind of connections into the industry or the scene. And looking at kind of our experience, I have no doubts that we can manage to build a decent game given enough time. Mm. Although that is also like a very like questionable definition like it could take us years so um with enough times really um i i don't know how that looks in in yeah in reality but the other the thing that i think we will struggle with more is marketing and like trying to actually get the game into the hands of users and what i would want to avoid or where i see the biggest risk is that we essentially work for a month or years on something that in the end yeah, fails to meet any demand because we build it like in the closet with the two of us, never showed it to anyone. And the thing that really excites me about building this out as open sources, especially seeing, and like, this is where I'm kind of seeing the biggest benefit is really within like the Rust community, which mm-hmm. is an interesting kind of. I want to say like advantage of actually picking Rust as our language of choice here in an unintended uh, side effect is that the Rust game development community to me seems very well connected and very accessible. So there are a few projects um, or a few games that are being developed in Rust 
and they get frequently featured in like the rust game dev newsletter and mm-hmm. you have a lot of different or yeah you have the the rust game dev newsletter there's a twitter account that constantly like retweets people working in rust um if you or if we were to write some kind of um keep a regular like development blog i'm pretty sure we could like easily share them on various different platforms and like get pretty broad coverage but i think this also works particularly well for these other projects because they are open source and people kind of can jump into the source code and um see what it's all about and like participate in this journey and yeah i think that could be for us quite valuable since yeah we don't have the experience we don't have the networks and what i've seen and heard a few times now is that um, people open source their library in rust and then you have like half of the game development community like jump in look at it open like a few issues or fix some small bugs and then most of them disappear again it's like this one time thing where they might check it out Mm -hmm. but you still see that there's like this huge interest in how the kind of ecosystem in rust is developing and i think we could really um build on this to kind of create our own kind of community and get outside help, most importantly. Yeah. And then on the monetization front, yeah, since we don't have the network and we don't have the kind of fans following us around and being ready to buy whatever we put out, I think our biggest risk is really that we don't get any money at all. So putting something out as open source, I think will not diminish our potential income in any way i see a much bigger chance that it will actually unlock more revenue for us by for example uh, or through sponsorships or these kind of things especially early on when we don't actually have something that we could market commercially because it doesn't have the polish yet or it's not feature complete and Thinking like long term, especially since we want to build like a massive multiplayer online game, I think the revenue channel really would be um, paid hosting, mm-hmm. which we could very well do with open source. Like we can still run like official game servers that you actually yeah pay for to play on, similar to what Screeps does, and then that the game itself is open source or that you can play like a standalone version for free doesn't really. Yeah, matters so much for the bottom line. So you're so saying revenue comes in from services. So you're saying mainly like the open source nature of it would would be would be mainly for the single player, and then multiplayer would be kind of a way to monetize from it. Yeah, like I would still offer the server as open source as well. Like you can still like run it on your own server if you want to, but you can also just kind of get hosting from us essentially or play on like the official game servers. Yeah, that could be my, my issue with it is just that somebody would just come and just like fork the project and make their own. Yeah. And then like that is. So, ah, damn it. I don't remember where I listened to this discussion. I listened to like a quite a lot of podcasts in the last two weeks about like, especially like open source revenue models. 
and how you can build like sustainable communities since it's such a huge topic. And there was a new book published, and I forgot the name of the author. It's called, I think, Working in Public. That goes into like a few of these challenges. And that has kind of caused, or there are a lot of like interviews with the author and kind of her views on this. And um, I don't know, just a lot of material recently. And one of the interesting things that came out of this, or there are a few different viewpoints that I've heard that I find quite interesting. One was with the, I think, CTO or CEO of Chef, the DevOps tool, Mm -hmm. who has a very interesting take on the whole, like having your um, product as open source and allowing, for example, other companies to reuse it. Mm -hmm. Um, And his point is essentially that by having something as open source, um, it essentially, or the more open source projects they are the bigger like the the pie gets for everyone since you're just increasing the the size of the market overall and i think this is something that would also apply to us to be honest like looking at myself i essentially have bought or have played all the coding games that are out there that are a little bit more like ambitious maybe mm-hmm. and i'm following very closely like all the different games that that are currently being developed in this space so I would imagine that if someone is interested in scripts, they would also be interested in whatever we build and would try that out. So I don't think that we're necessarily like competing with anything in like the open source space. And I don't think we have to like protect any like intellectual property or anything. Um, since essentially the more games there are, the more players we can potentially get. That was kind of one of the arguments that were made that to me sounds very yeah, I want to say like realistic or like the logic makes sense to me at least. The other part is that, and this was also really interesting. And I, again, I found it such a pity that I don't remember who said it where, but the argument was essentially that in open source, just because you can fork a project doesn't mean that it's easy to fork a project. Like, yeah, you can go in and click the button on, on GitHub to actually fork it, but then you don't get like, the infrastructure or the community that exists around the project for free. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, also like the, the biggest, or where, I don't want to say it makes the most sensible of a community, but I think in my eyes, this is actually like a protection for us. Since like we're with two. So if we build something that's actually interesting, I think the biggest risk, if we do it closed source, is not that someone kind of, forks a project, I think the bigger risk would be that a company that has way more resources throws them at the thing that we are doing. Because ours, just by the virtue of being just with two, our like iteration speed will always be limited. Mm-hmm. And we have no idea for game design. So if a studio would be actually interested in building something like this because they kind of see initial traction, I think it would be, uh, this is where I see the biggest risk. That if we try to do this in like the traditional way, that we might be uh, kind of yeah out executed by someone who has just more resources than we do. That's interesting, because so uh, what you're saying is to yeah sorry. So you're saying that having having it open source and having the community would will hopefully mean that you get more contributions 
meaning that it, it, the team wouldn't just be the two of us, but rather there'd probably be some sort of like couple of handful of dedicated people that were also would be willing to to throw at it just to for for the sake of making it better or something like that, or they're they're interested in in the actual game, and therefore yeah, it, iterations would be, be better. Yeah, so this is where it gets really interesting and where I definitely want to read the book I mentioned about working in public because there are a few different like structures in open source and how projects are set up. And I think we have to like carefully design a little bit what we want as the outcome. Like it could very well be that we still like for a long, long time will be the two only ones who actually like push a lot of code in there. Right. But of course, we can also set it up in a way that encourages uh, participation and contribution more and then I could very well see that there are like single individuals who might want to kind of participate um, a little bit more strongly and one of the things that I that I saw um, yesterday was that for one of the Rust game engines for example there's like an ongoing GitHub issue where they discuss the logo design and you have like six different people like contributing like ideas for their logo and if I compare this with my previous experience trying to get a logo design, um, I'm quite blown away <laughs> because my I had always uh, yeah I had to like resort to like Fiverr to hire some yeah yeah dude in the Philippines or something who for like very little money could design something and then it was kind of a hit or miss. And seeing that people who actually like have design skills and know what they're doing just volunteer to like draw up a design and um, put it in um, on GitHub is quite nice. Yeah, And this is, of course, like this is a little bit like an optimistic view. But for me, personally, I think the, the benefits of open source are that like we can kind of start building a community that can potentially help us or support us in like many different ways, be it with like code contributions or uh, sponsoring or um, design and artwork. And these are things that we just don't know well. Uh, game design advice is like one of them. I think this is an interesting possibility that we enabled by doing it as open source. That, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense though. It, it, it honestly, though, those are yeah. all really fair points. And yeah, I, I'm and just, then on, yeah. I just want to make sure that that you know we we're doing i don't know i don't know i i like yeah. in in the ideal world and and in the in the in the picture you painted it does sound nice and it seems like we would be fine especially if it's like sponsoring and stuff yeah. but i haven't seen much of this in open yeah. source and i've always seen just bad things from uh from open source to uh, uh in, in terms of the actual maintainer is what i mean or the creator yeah. of it where you so, end up moving to something yeah. else because it's making you money rather than just that. And then it just kind of becomes a community out of it, which I mean, I wouldn't mind it to, to, to then like be moved into like a community, for example, such as yeah, like, so just things like react native, for example. Right. Yeah. That moved into a community, so, but it's just, it would suck to put that much effort and then, and then have that. I mean, obviously it will live on, but I mean, it's not, something that I would yeah. want to be heavily involved in, not something that I would be forced to move out of because yeah. I need money. Yep. No, but yeah, I think this is, I, 
to me, like the whole monetization of this is like the biggest risk that we have. Mm-hmm. And at least in my eyes, open source doesn't really hurt us there. It is more, I I would hope that it more is more an enabler. Like nothing, like we can still uh, monetize the game, for example, through Steam or something. Like there's no reason why you, you wouldn't or couldn't put it up on Steam for uh, for a certain amount of money. Right. That, yeah, just because it's open source doesn't mean it has to be like free everywhere and forever. But uh, one of the, like what you see with like certain software uh, distributions, for example, is that, yeah, you can, of course, download the source code for free, but if you want to have like a compiled package, then you essentially have to pay the company to uh, provide that. And we could go with a similar model if we wanted to. So I don't think we're necessarily like restricted in the options we have to monetize. Mm. But yeah, I don't really see us, especially like long term, I don't really see us getting the most money from like one off sales anyway. And I think focusing more on, for example, like server hosting or something is since it's a um, recurring revenue is is Mm -hmm. more, yeah, has a higher chance of success in the long term anyway. Yeah, I see. I see. No, that, but that to makes... be fair, like it is a gamble. Like yeah. I want to be honest here. Like it, it this is completely a gamble, and we have no idea what's going to happen. Definitely. Given the uncertainty, though, of everything, and that we, yeah, in no way or shape or form can know what what is going to to happen. Uh, for me, building this out in public is also like personally just way more motivating. I think even if we fail to finish the project, I could see this generate a lot of value for us personally in the form of kind of our personal brands as developers connections that we can build within the communities and of course you also have a little bit better like open source portfolio if you want to kind of star certain repos on your github or show off to a potential employee what you've been doing so I think this is like the other benefit that since the success of the project overall is so uncertain, I think if we can benefit not only like monetarily from sales of the game, but also from like the, um, yeah, the, let's say like the personal brands we can build in the process, I think this is where at least short term, the biggest kind of revenue in quotation mark, uh, marks lies. Because, yeah, I don't think it's realistic that within the next like year or two, we will actually start monetizing this anyway. But at the same time, we can already start like building our own brands or building a network. And uh, I've seen there are some like interesting Rust jobs. If you ever get so excited about Rust, as you want to work for a company again. <laughs> so I think this is where, at least like for us personally, uh, short term, at least like the biggest potential for like an upside lies. Because I think yeah, earning a lot of money with this is really like playing a long long game. Yeah. Yeah, I I And then I agree. And then yeah, I really want to kind of grow into like a community. I've been like jumping between different tech stacks for so long that I would actually really want to use this as an opportunity to just contribute to like Rust game dev and Rust and kind of try to build like a little bit of a future in that space, but that's like a personal kind of goal from me. Yeah, I think it would be 
I think it would be motivating in, in, in some way. I'm not sure how motivating, but it definitely would be motivating. Yeah. Since, uh, yeah, I've seen this in, in one open source that I have, which is a library to like, uh, use facilitates requests, offline requests in React Native. Mm -hmm. And there always yeah. comes like an issue once in a while. And then I'm like looking at it and just about people like starring it. And like, for example, two weeks ago or like a couple, it came, it came in like a month ago where somebody was requesting support for TypeScript types that they, they were getting, yeah. like they used the oh, yeah. TypeScript project and it was, they were getting an error from not having types. And then somebody else mentioned the same thing saying that they would be nice. So like, just seeing that motivated me to actually do it because I think otherwise, if if it it probably would have been just one person because I left it there. Yeah. I left it, it. I think the first guy opened it in June, and I was just like yeah. okay, like I'll do it, and I put in the 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 enhance uh, uh, tag in it, and then I, I wasn't doing anything. And look, it's like the end of it's like beginning of uh, September, and it wasn't until somebody else mentioned yeah. it that it would have been nice that I was like okay, I'll I'll do it. So I, I I do I do see the motivating aspect of it, and I think to to some extent it's true. Yeah. Yeah, at least a lot more than just doing it privately and not seeing anything or any movement whatsoever. Yeah, I can really kind of see how how that is motivating to kind of yeah engage with a broader broader audience. And yeah, especially for us, I think in the beginning it could be really nice to get some encouraging words from others, even though they might just be polite. And <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> offer their support but um yeah i can very well see how that might be nice yeah one thing that we didn't really go into and i think this was a concern of from you as well is that there is of course some tension because maintaining this open source community is work that we have to kind of take away from development and especially now in the beginning that means we need to set up certain infrastructure and like spend time we need to spend time like writing blog posts and these kind of things that of course in quotation marks distract from development work mm -hmm. and i think this is where yeah we kind of have to play longer uh, long game and accept that our velocity might be a little bit slower because we do these other activities as well yeah but personally i think the benefit is definitely there like the the few times i engaged with um, the community on like dev.to in the last two or three weeks and what I see now in the Rust community I think these are like interactions that are net positive overall and especially for us to kind of build momentum and like have some accountability I think could work really well to invest kind of a day or two every two or four weeks to actually like sit down and like write a blog post or produce a video for YouTube or whatever to kind of, yeah, have this material that the community can interact with. Yeah. I'm sold. I mean, I am sold on, like a lot of your points are valid. I'm sold on the open source. I'm just wondering if, if there's a way to, if there's a way to like pick and choose what can be open source or not like what should be open source or not if there is a i'm just wondering just wondering to yeah. see if there's a way to split up the single player with multiplayer being one open source the other one not to seeing if there's some things that because i i know that i remember i came across this one company that it's a little bit like slack 
but it's an open source. Yeah. But not everything is open source. You know yeah. what I mean? So one model that I've seen quite often is that the software itself, like the application, is open source. Mm -hmm. So in this case, both single player and multiplayer servers would be open source, but then the whole instrumentation around this is not. So you can easily like install the software on your like Ubuntu server, but if you actually want to run like a production environment with like production grade databases and these kind of things, you have to like kind of figure out how to set it up yourself. Mm -hmm. And for example, for us, if we were to deploy like Terraform or like a cloud cloud formation stack or like any of these like tools to actually orchestrate infrastructure and maybe have like Helm charts to set up a Kubernetes uh, deployment. These were thing oh would be things that we would keep private. Mm -hmm. Since this is kind of how we run our operations, it would this would not be something that we would share. And this would also not make it impossible. So I think there's still <laughs> we would still need to do a very good job. But uh, this would make it a little bit harder, at least for others to like come in and then compete with us on like hosting, for example. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah, I think it's something that still needs discussion, of course. But at least this this yeah. is really good, and all all the points that you've mentioned are very valid. And they make make a lot of sense. Yeah, we can just try it out, like so many other things. Maybe not in the sense that we have something open source for a few weeks and then take it offline. Again, no, of course not. Yeah, I think we can be like mindful about the repos, for example, that we open source and like have discussions before and like. Yeah, be very like deliberate in kind of picking and choosing. And personally, since I'm like pretty interested in like this whole uh, what we talked about as well as like at other occasions, it's like new power, yeah, kind of movement and Definitely. more like community driven projects. I I would really personally want to lean towards like uh, transparency by default, but I think it's a discussion that we can um, have in like more depth at later stages yeah yeah i think that that's a good idea cool that was actually a pretty nice discussion yeah it was, it was pretty good. constructive yeah we didn't really go into what we are going to work on in the next three weeks and i given that we're running desperately out of time i would just keep this for like a nice update for the next episode yeah i think that should be fine we're good cool then let's wrap it and yeah productive week and then talk next week yeah let's do it all right dude peace bye bye